welcome back to our Golden 20s podcast. My name is Tegan and I'm joined with my co-host Sadie. Hello. And this week we are talking all about the things that nobody tells you about your 20s. I feel like there's a very romanticized view of your 20s and I don't know if this comes from like TV shows and movies or what the deal is. But obviously, like all periods of your life, there are some hardships. And I think we're going to talk about some of those as well as things that maybe aren't necessarily hardships, but things you might not realize will happen once you're in your 20s. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like there's so many things that as I get older, I'm like learning things and I'm like, why didn't anybody Mm -hmm. tell me about this? Or like, I don't know, you start to talk about things with your friends and you experience or you see they're going through the same experience as you. And it's like, yeah, why didn't anybody like tell us this was a thing or like tell us this was what was next or this was going to happen. So I feel like this episode's just a kind of life chat to be comforting to know we're in this together but also to be like, well, maybe you haven't thought about things this way or like maybe this will, I don't know, light a light bulb or help you have closure or I don't know, anything around something that you're experiencing in your own life listening to this. 100%. So I think the first thing we are going to talk about is how your relationships start to change. And we've actually had a couple episodes in the past about like changing friendships and stuff like that. But relationships in general, I think, start to change. Totally. And I feel like this is inevitable as you kind of grow into your own person, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. when I think about the first thing that came to mind for me is something nobody told me about when I'm in my 20s was how your relationship with even your closest people start to change. So this could be your family members or Mm -hmm. friends as well. And it's like as you grow up and you grow into yourself through different experiences that you take on in your 20s, if it's moving out and going to post-secondary school, living on your own for the first time, starting your first full-time job or just even – Uh, associating with different friend groups like you learn a lot about Mm -hmm. yourself through all of that and I feel like all of that shapes your outlook on life your perspective and your values as well and that could then differ from that core group of people or like people that you were raised with you might start to grow apart and have different values or have different outlooks and obviously that impacts your relationship with them So I feel like the first thing, like I said, that came to mind for me was really like around family. And this Mm -hmm. is something that literally I never thought about, but it was just one of those things that as I am getting older and now I have a therapist who like points things out to me and whatnot, it's become like very evident where it's like, oh yeah, you know, like I'm 27 years old and Mm -hmm. I'm not a kid anymore. And despite being the youngest of three in my family, like me and my sisters are the kids, but we're adults now. And that obviously really changes our relationships with all of our other family members. So just while I'm kind of on this, I'm just going to keep rolling with this tag. Sorry. Mm -hmm. We're like a couple minutes into this episode and I'm already on a (laughs) long-winded rant, but (laughs) on the family dynamic. So like I said, I think if you move out and, you know, start your own life, you obviously start to have your own values and things that might differ from how you were raised. And I feel like a big part of this too is also just like 
generations are different. Like I feel like yeah. probably when you go home to your family for a holiday dinner and you're talking to your grandparents or you're talking to your parents, your aunts and uncles, it's like very clear that or it might be very clear that on certain topics, you know, I think of those kind of taboo things like politics and I don't know, money and all these other sorts of things. Yeah. This is like a very like generational like outlook on these types of things. Even like thinking about, we talk so much about mental health on this episode or in on this podcast, yeah. but it's like probably, you know, to our parents and grandparents, like they don't really understand mental health or think it's as important as people our age do. So just little things like this, you can see how these sorts of things start to impact your values and then your relationships as well. But I think generational thinking is one of those things that kind of flies under the radar for me where I'm just like, why don't they get it? You know, or even at work, my boss will say things and I'm like, what? Like, where is this yeah. coming from? Like, why don't you get it? And I'm like, oh, we're just wired completely differently because yeah. I'm 20 years younger than you or whatever it is, you know? And it's like, this is just how my generation thinks, but it's very different from how your generation thinks. Not to say one is right or one is wrong, but that can kind of, I don't know, be an underlying theme between like uh, you and your parents. And speaking of parents and even grandparents, I feel like um, I was reading this article that was saying how parents are people too. And I think this is a big thing and a big yeah. light bulb moment for me when, as I've been growing up, where when I was raised, I was raised with like really great parents who did their absolute best to like raise the best kids that they could. But of course, they were making it up as they went. They were figuring it out as they went and they weren't you know, absolutely perfect and did absolutely nothing wrong. And I feel like me and my sisters are like, we turned out great, you know, but it's not <laughs> like we are completely fine and we don't need a therapist. Like, I feel like everyone benefits from therapy, regardless of how you were raised, regardless of how much love your parents showed you and whatnot. But all mm -hmm. of this to say, I feel like as you grow up, you start to kind of take on like a different relationship with your parents where you're not necessarily just the kid you know what I mean like you maybe start talking to your parents about things that you didn't talk to them about before things where you need their advice on like big adult type topics and you're not just running to them to ask for their permission or to I don't know have them tell you what to do it very much is they become almost like a friend and like a peer versus this authority figure in your life telling you what to do, how to do it, things like that. So I think that's part of it. And the whole parents are people too, I think is just realizing that and realizing that even if you didn't have a great childhood, your parents were probably doing the best they could. And you also don't need to have like resentment or um, anything like that as you grow up and you start to get your own values and whatnot. I don't think it's good to like look back and be like, oh my God, my parents totally messed me up. No wonder I'm like this or no wonder I can't keep a job. No wonder I can't keep a relationship. It's like, you know, I don't know. Just a just an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, I do feel like there's a, I don't know, a stereotype about therapy that's like, if you go to a therapist, they'll be like, yeah, that was your mom's fault or yeah, that was your dad's fault. You know, like they link everything to these parental issues when at least in my therapy experience, it's been the opposite where if I'm, you know, complaining about something my parents did, they're like, but why would they do it? Like, it's like they're trying to, you know, humanize 
your parents' experiences and normalize that, like, yeah, exactly what you were saying. They didn't know what they were doing. They were, you know, younger than I am now when they were having babies. And, you know, that's, I think, part of the big therapy journey, I feel like, especially if you're talking about, you know, family issues and things like that. It's the opposite of the stereotype that's like, just blame your mom. It's all her fault, you know. Totally. It's like digging deep into why you are the way you are. And it's like Mm -hmm. if what you're digging into is a good thing or a bad thing, it's still so helpful once you understand what the cause of that is. And a lot of the time it's rooted in how we were raised and Mm -hmm. it's rooted in things that our parents like distilled in us if it was intentional or not. So yeah. Pro-therapy, that's that's a big one. But these are the types of like things that I think a therapist can like help walk you through. I think outside of even your parents, like something that I'm very fortunate where I haven't had to deal with this too, too much, but also like your parents are getting older. Your grandparents are getting older. You know, like mm-hmm. this is something that as a kid, it's like somebody else is always taking care of it. You know, it's like, oh, my aunt's sick. My mom will take care of it. Oh, my, I don't know. that The aunt example is kind of random, but it's like, oh, my grandma's sick. My mom will take care of it or my yeah. dad will take care of it. And it's like, okay, but as you become the adult, You're going to have to be the one to start taking care of things and stepping up rather than just assuming somebody else has got this and you can just kind of sit there as, you know, the useless kid in this situation. So I feel like this is like a hard reality, but again, it's something that isn't like said. It's not like you're sitting around the family dinner table at like Christmas and someone's like, so you're old enough where now you can start taking on this responsibility. (laughs) Like it's just kind of like an assumed thing as you grow up. So I feel like that's something that is really hard to like prepare for and also to, I don't know, come to terms with because it can be hard when you're used to, like me, I'm used to being the youngest and I'm used to somebody else always taking care of things. So It can be hard to be like, oh, my God, and scary even to be like, oh, my God, I guess this is on me now or I guess I need to step up. I guess, you know, it can be a scary thought. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And speaking of being the youngest, I think this is the last thing that came to mind on the family relationships and family side of things. But since I'm the youngest, my sisters are kind of like the first to do a lot of things like they were the first to move out first to go to school first to move out of the province first to have boyfriends and now you know start spending holidays with their uh, boyfriends families things like that and why I'm saying it impacted me I feel the most as youngest even though it also impacted them is some of our family traditions have to change as our family changes. And with that comes, you know, like I said, accommodating boyfriends, families, and kind of my sister spending time with their families. Also, just it's harder to get everyone together when everyone has their own work schedule and only has so many vacation days. And, you know, it can really be hard to align things. So it's like maybe that summer camping trip that you always used to take, you can't find a time to do it this year. So you have to skip it. And then maybe you skip it the next year. And all of a sudden that tradition falls off. Or if you woke up, you know, Christmas morning with your family um, every single year, eventually there's going to come a point where 
you know, everyone's moved out, has their own families. And while you can still be together over the holidays, maybe it's not Christmas Day. So those Mm -hmm. are just some examples. But I feel like, again, it's something that you kind of just deal with as it comes up rather than and then you kind of mourn those traditions as they fall off. And it's like very hard to change. But I think it's that reminder that change doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad like change isn't bad, but it can be hard to adjust. So it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be like, what is going on? It's okay to, I don't know, mourn. But at the same time, you have to learn to adapt and like roll with it and kind of make the most out of the time that you do spend together once you all are able to get together, even if it looks different than how it used to. Yeah, totally agree. Speaking of sort of spending time together, One thing is that in your 20s, you will probably start attending weddings in your family or funerals in your family. And both Mm -hmm. of them bring out the crazy in people. Like, I don't know what it is as someone who's planned her own wedding and gone to my fair share of funerals. It, I like people just go crazy. (laughs) There's no explanation Mm -hmm. for it. It's like people become very entitled I guess about what's going on I think as soon as money becomes involved people show their like true colors and it doesn't matter if you're family but Mm -hmm. like things can get really messy and it can be completely I feel like out of left field totally like yeah from the person in your family you'd least expect it from and it's like wait yeah really this is what you're, yeah why are like, you doing how this? you're responding yeah. to my wedding invitation like yeah exactly like it just doesn't make sense yeah and I feel like those things too it's like they're supposed to be like big celebratory milestones in someone's life but people yeah. always find a way to make it about them and it just yeah. is not fair I feel like too especially on the wedding maybe on the funeral side too The funeral side, I feel, is definitely money. The wedding side, Mm -hmm. I almost feel like, too, it's very, like, based in tradition. So it's, like, again, thinking of, like, generational differences. It's, like, weddings look different from when they did when our parents and grandparents got married. You know, like, there's maybe less tradition for some people. And that can cause some, I don't know, tension between how Mm -hmm. people think your wedding should be or whatever. I don't know. But it is such a... It's such a like bummer because like I said, it's supposed to be such a big celebratory like moment, but then yeah. it can bring out such chaos and family drama. It's it's too bad, but prepare for it, guys. <laughs> yeah. This is something okay. people definitely don't talk about. Yeah, I feel like it's maybe that weddings are like I don't know, like the zeitgeist of all family problems, because especially if you're combining two families, it's like you're seeing the difference in, you know, wealth between the two families. If one family's super involved and the other one isn't, there's resentment there. And then it's also like you're performing for the other family as well. Like everyone's under pressure, even though it's supposed to be about, you know, the people getting married, there is that element of it too or it's like if you're the mother of the bride you want you know that to be your special moment too or if you're the Mm -hmm. grandparents of the groom or whatever it might be and it's like balancing making sure everyone gets their moment but it's really about the couple getting married and making sure everyone gets a fair chance to be involved but some people are involved more monetarily like it can just get super messy super easily 
Yeah. Crazy. That's very true. I didn't even think about how there's two families to balance. Like we just yeah, talked it's about like double drama. Managing your own family's a task in itself. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, bringing in a whole second family. That's a really good point. Yeah, crazy times. <laughs> I think one thing I wanted to bring up is how your romantic relationships might change as you enter your twenties. I think compared to my romantic relationships when I was in my teens. First off, I feel like my standards went way higher. <laughs> I don't know if, <laughs> if that's just me, but when you're in your teens, you're like, a guy likes me? Okay, great. Whereas totally, yeah. I guess as you get more experience, you're less impressed by that. But you also, I think, might realize that what you think is your type is different than the reality. So like, I always had a perception of like, I want a guy who's like this. But then it's like when you actually go out into the real world and interact with people, uh, that can change. I also find that opposites attract in certain ways. And so it could be like when you're in your teens, you always say you want someone who's got a big close family because you have a close family and that means family is important to you. But then that means when you're dating, you're constantly having to fight about whose family you're going to see for holidays or something. Whereas if you're dating right. someone who is not close to their family, you can spend every holiday at your house, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's the kind of situations you don't think about until you're in them, I think. Yeah, that's such a good point. It's funny you mentioned like your type and how mm -hmm. it either changes or, you know, you kind of let that go as you start dating and like, dating in your 20s I guess but yeah I shared this TikTok with TikToker with you before tag and her name is Sam Dahl and she's a Toronto-based creator and I just love her like she she's in her 30s you guys need to go follow mm -hmm. her because she just like spits hard truths like left right and center and she's hilarious like has the best stories and just tells you tells you it like it is and mm -hmm. she's talked about what is her best dating advice? And she's like, honestly, the people who say like, you'll find them when you stop looking, you know, like all of that cliche advice when you're focusing on yourself. She's like, that's all bullshit. She's like, <laughs> you know how you need to find your person. It's you need to essentially throw away your type. And she said, yeah, she's I what, wish I could like just say exactly what she said, but, but it's been a while since I saw it. But essentially it was like already the dating pool's kind of small. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you're looking for probably a specific gender. You're looking for people in your city. You're looking for people you have common interests and values with. Never mind, you now start to layer on top what you think your type is. So now it's like, well, now I'm only yeah. swiping on blonde guys and no brunettes or like, I don't know, yeah. whatever you think your type is. It's like, why narrow that down even further? Like you're now just minimizing your chance even more to find yeah. Or to like potentially find that person. And um, so she was saying that. And she was saying that's how she found her now fiance. Was she just kind of like threw her type out the window. And started like yeah. actively swiping on people opposite to her type. Just like mm. meeting them. And then she ended up finding yeah. out like, wait, this is how I met my person. Is He wasn't initially my type. But I fell in love with like all of his qualities and all the things that are important. So yeah, I feel like that's a really great point and it also kind of falls into the whole getting to know yourself it's like yeah. you start to your type starts being like 
centered around these types of values and like big important like concepts versus like tall blonde blue eyes athletic like it becomes less physical and more about like values and things that yeah will actually build a foundation for like a meaningful relationship yeah well and you never know too like I feel like going into university I was like my type is guys in bands and then I met my like now husband he wasn't in a band well guess who is now you can (laughs) shape them into your type with years of dedication (laughs) it can happen that's so funny I love that that's so true yeah manifest it hilarious yeah I love it yeah you're like fall in love and then get shape them yeah to become who you want to be (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious (laughs) I think the last type of relationship that Tegan said we've talked about this in past episodes but we'll touch on it in today's episode as well and that's friendships and this is one that's starting to hit home for me and I'm starting to freak out a little but I'm like no it's good like it's a good Mm -hmm. thing but like Tegan and Tyrell are talking about potentially moving out of the city my other best friend has been like honestly I just want to move out of the city and I'm like but guys don't leave me (laughs) like yeah I love this for you you know what I mean but again it's not that change is bad. It's just that it's different and it requires you to like adjust and whatnot. So all Mm -hmm. of this to say when you're in your 20s, everyone's taking life at different, like kind of taking different journeys, different paths. Some of your friends are going to start to get married. So then it's like, okay, you have to adjust. If it was your like friend who you used to go out with all the time uh, to the club, trying to like pick up guys, you know, that friend gets married. It's like, okay, that's a change. You know, if it's your friends start having babies or moving to different cities, like I said, in my example, like all of this can be really hard. And of course, will impact your friendships with these people. So I feel like it's just something to think about. And it's not that, you know, oh, my friend's married. I guess we can't be friends anymore since I'm still single. Or like, oh, my friend had a baby. She's a mom. She doesn't have time for me. Like, that's not it at all. What we're saying is just how your friendship with them changes. It's not that you're either friends or you're not. It's just like maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, you turn into long distance friends who only see each other a few times a year versus seeing each other every single day or different things like that I think actually sorry another example that just came to mind is even roommates like as you grow up it's kind of like friends of course I'm gonna reference friends but it's like the end of an era when your roommate moves out because that's a classic example of like seeing someone every single day and then not seeing them like maybe for weeks at a time kind of thing or months at a time but it's just like a change that you need to adapt and adjust to. Yeah, 100%. And it's even like small things. Like I have friends who, you know, decided to do a master's and I see them way less than I did before. Or I have friends who stopped drinking. And so it's like the main way we'd hang out would be going out for drinks. So I see them way less. And it's not that any of these things are morally good or morally bad. It's just like everyone's Mm -hmm. on their own path so things I don't know are always going to be different and sometimes your friendships just I don't know like shift away and that's just the way it goes sometimes like I feel like a lot of your friendships are short term in your 20s and it can be because you know you're friends with people you work with but then you change jobs and you realize 
okay, I wasn't really friends with them. We were just coworkers and it was because we saw each other every day. Or it's, you know, you're friends with people in your neighborhood or in your building. And then if you move away, you're like, oh yeah, we're not friends anymore. And that's just kind of life, but it's Mm -hmm. not, you know, good or bad. It's just, that's the way things go sometimes. Yeah. No, that's such a great point. And in past episodes, we've talked about how you'll go through these kind of bigger transitions that will shake up like your friendships more than not. Like if it's moving to a different city or, you know, graduating from school, starting to work full time, like these are things that you go through in your 20s and it sucks because it can be a lot of like changes one after the other. But I feel like it makes it more important to have like friends that you're or fewer friends that you're closer to rather than like a lot of friends that you're just kind of acquaintances with. And I think kind of riding that underlying theme of getting to know yourself through your 20s, one of the kind of cliche things about friendships is how you yourself are a reflection of the five people you spend the most time with. So I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, if your 20s are such a key time in figuring out who you are, you want to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded and have the same values and people you want to be like because if you spend a lot of time with them you want that to reflect positively on the person that you are you know so all this to say be picky with who you spend your time with and if they are those good quality friends like we're talking about you'll make it work even if they move away or they you know take on a different phase of life at a different time as you like I don't know. You'll you'll make it work. Yeah. I also feel like in your 20s, it almost feels like everything's happening all at once. Like, I feel like there was yeah, totally two summers where everyone moved to Toronto and it was suddenly like all of my friends were in Toronto. And then it's like this summer, everyone's getting married all at the same time. And then I guarantee in like two to three years, everyone's going to be having babies. And so it can almost feel like whoa there's too much happening like why are all of my friends suddenly getting married when we all used to be single but it's just like that's the phases of life and that's sort of the way things go sometimes yeah and I feel like that's actually something else people don't really talk about like it's just like as it's happening you're like whoa this is wild but it's like that's literally how it works for so many groups of friends and so many people and it can be yeah interesting because it's like say all of your friends are married but your boyfriend hasn't proposed to you yet you know then it's like wait when's he gonna propose when's my turn or for instance I'm still single and my friends are starting to get married and I'm like you know is this gonna happen for me like it's you start to now like internalize what's happening to your friends because it's happening to all of them at the same time you start to like internalize that as like an insecurity in yourself and I feel like Mm -hmm. that's why it's important just to talk about it like it's not a you problem if this isn't happening to you or you know it's just one of those phases of life where I don't know you'll get through that as well but it it can be hard as you're going through it yeah 100% even with career stuff Like, Mm -hmm. I find that in your 20s, people's careers vary drastically. Like, I'm a member of Monday Girl. I think I've talked about this before. And it's just like a women's networking group. And they have mentors. And I was looking through today. And I know two of the mentors. But I was like, how are you mentors when I'm a, 
I don't know, mentee or whatever the yeah. opposite is. But it was like, th- this just goes to show how different people's careers can go. And you can start to see like gaps in wealth between your friends. And it's just like everyone's on separate paths and you're all sort of diverging at the same time. And this begins in your 20s. Yeah, 100%. You bring up wealth tag and I feel like that transitions Mm -hmm. perfectly into the next thing I wanted to bring up. And that was that I feel the biggest beef people have started having with like the education system like public education is how it doesn't really teach you things you need to know as an adult like it's like great you know I can solve complex math problems but I have no idea how to invest my money to set me up for like a success or a financially stable future like you know and there's obviously different thoughts and opinions on this but I think that's one of the biggest things I've taken away and my friends as well, where it's like, how did you learn how to invest your money? How did you learn how to save? How did you learn? Like, because we're not taught this yeah, and it doesn't come inherently. And I think what makes it especially tricky in your 20s is that your 20s can be a key time for your finances. So you can be starting to make money on your own and it's like, okay, well, now that I have this money, how do I like make the most of it? How do I budget? You know, things like this. Mm -hmm. But also you might still be paying back your student loans or managing student loans with living expenses because maybe you're paying rent for the first time or bills for the first time. Plus you're probably also wanting to start saving, you know, it's never too early to save and all these things. And it's just like, how am I supposed to do all of this when I'm literally starting with zero knowledge on this? So I think And sorry, actually, the other thing I was going to say about your 20s is how this is also the time where you're like young and alive. You want to be going to the bar as soon as you turn legal age. You want to be like out Mm -hmm. partying with your friends. You want to book that spontaneous trip to Paris or whatever it is. So you might be making a lot of poor financial decisions, but you don't want those decisions to impact your finances like long term where now all of a sudden you have mountains of debt snowballing and then you know, never mind not having retirement, but now you're like in your 30s and 40s and you have all this debt that you've acquired in your 20s that's just like snowballed out of control. So all of this to say, you definitely need to take your finances seriously in your 20s. However, nobody really tells you how to do that. So I wanted just to like call out how this is something that I feel like should be talked about. And I feel like if you have parents or family members, even friends that do know about this, like opening up those conversations could be just like a learning opportunity for you. Um, It's not that you need to get personal and like get personal recommendations from them, but it's just like, wait, you know, I don't know, like how were you able to afford your home? Or like, maybe that's a really bad question Mm -hmm. to ask, but it's like, were they investing, you know, like different things like this. And you can just start having kind of smaller conversation around it with these types of people. But for actual personalized advice, I feel like there's so much help out there if you just actually seek it out. And things like this Mm -hmm. could be as simple as just reading books, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos on kind of like the basics Or it could be going to your bank and being like, hey, I want to speak to a financial advisor. I have no idea what to do with this money I've been saving. And I think what's tricky about finances is that 
it is like we were talking about talking about money makes people go crazy however it's also something Mm -hmm. that a lot of people are intimidated by because it's like I don't want to talk to a financial advisor I feel like I'm not going to have any idea what they're talking about or I don't want to look dumb or you know it's kind of just like something you avoid because of those feelings but it's like no you owe it to yourself you know you show up you work you make your money you want to make sure you're educated and have a good idea of how to help yourself out and like best use that money so something else to think about yeah 100 we do have an episode with runny the resource i believe she calls herself so that's a good one to listen to and she's got like an fantastic youtube channel where she goes in depth on so many topics including like how she was able to buy her first home in her 20s and all this kind of stuff because yeah if you don't know sometimes this can be an uncomfortable conversation to have like especially with family and stuff people have weird beliefs around money so sometimes it's easier to go to a third party like Rennie or like a you know someone at your bank that's what I do because I'm like they have no emotional you know attachment to this money they just want me to make the most money because then I'll put more in their bank and yeah but it is also I think a bit strange in your 20s because like I said this is where people's personal wealth I think can start to change pretty drastically so it's like you will meet millionaires in their 20s what meanwhile you will also meet people who have like severe credit card debt and sometimes they look the exact same Mm -hmm. so it's like everyone's on a different financial journey and you also don't know what the background is to get people there like I know people who have like trust funds that were set up that they have like a financial advisor that they've worked with since they were 15. Or I know people who have, you know, $100,000 in credit card debt. And, you know, everyone's on a different path and everyone's situation is a little different. So you kind of have to fight for yourself, figure out your own thing and, you know, separate yourself from your beliefs of your family or your friends. Yeah, I love that. So I think the last thing on my list is probably another like hard truth, but again, something so comforting once you like accept it. And that is how hard and scary and uncomfortable it is to grow. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. talk so much about growing into your own and becoming who you are and like figuring out who you are. But the truth is like, it's very, very hard to do that. And in order to do that, you have to, you know, fail at some things. You need to mm-hmm. shed an old past version of you to step into the future version of you that you're working to become. Like, it's a very hard thing to do. And I think that's probably one of the things, like, looking back on my 20s so far where I always think I'm like, oh, 2018 was such a great year. But then I'll like look back on journal entries from 2018 and I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? Oh my God, what's happening? Like all in all, it was a great year, but there's still, like you were saying at the beginning of this episode tag, there's still ups and downs through every good year or every good month, even every good week, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think that's essentially what your 20s are. And when I think about how many firsts you experience in your 20s, that makes a lot of sense where you could be, like we said, moving out for the first time, um, living on your own for the first time, entering your first relationship or first serious relationship, anything like this. Like 
it's scary taking on a first, kind of like taking on something that's unknown. However, it can be extremely rewarding. I was also like part of this article I was reading earlier. I don't even remember where it was, but it was also saying how you – your 20s are a great time to take risks because you don't have the same responsibilities or commitments that you might have later in life, like a family, a partner, I don't know, a business if you want to be like a business owner one day or something like that. Like you are Mm -hmm. young enough to just kind of impromptu, not impromptly, but like um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just kind of like pack up and like move to a different country if you wanted to. Like there's lower risk or lower Oh gosh, what a, I'm losing all oh my I can't speak anymore. <laughs> but there's lower implications, I guess. Therefore, you can take yeah. higher risks. So all of this to say, yeah, that's hard and scary, but can be extremely rewarding as well. And I think through all of this, knowing it's hard and scary, you need to just trust yourself. You need to trust that you can get through this. And I think very similar mm-hmm. to what you were saying, Tag, about how everyone's on their own path, you really have to stay focused on yourself. You know, you need to focus on blocking out the noise and not comparing yourself to other people, not trying to keep up with other people and just kind of doing your own thing and what's feeling right to you and knowing that it is hard, but you will get through it and you just got to keep pushing forward. Yeah, that leads exactly into my last point that I wrote down, which is that your 20s are, you know, the time for you to figure out what you actually want and value. Mm -hmm. To me, that feels like the biggest difference between your teens and your 20s is that in your tweens, tweens <laughs> in your teens I feel like it's centered around pleasing other people whether it's like your parents so you do what your parents say because you're a child and you live in their house so of course you do or you do what your teachers say because they're another authority in your life you're doing things to please potential universities that kind of thing whereas once you reach your 20s it's like you can kind of start to do whatever you want and mm-hmm. so you can figure out if it's up to you what you actually want to do and so it's like you are fully in charge of the decision making processes in your life which can feel good but can also feel super scary Mm -hmm. like I remember us renting our first apartment and I was like shouldn't I like show my mom or something but it's like it's not her money if she doesn't live here why would you care but then it's like it feels wrong that yeah. it's just me making this decision. Shouldn't yeah. someone step in? It's scary. But then that is, yeah, it's kind of the joys of your 20s too, because you can work whatever job you want. You can move to whatever city you want and yeah. it's fully your decision. Yeah, totally. It's like if you embrace it, it can be so liberating, but it's like, this is what it's all yeah. about. You know, like this is how yeah. you get to living like a fulfilled life is by figuring mm-hmm. out what feels good, what you want, and then making it your reality. So I I love that so yeah. much. Great. I feel that's a great spot to leave today's episode, actually, on yeah. such a positive note after we're like cold, hard facts about your 20s that <laughs> nobody's preparing you for. Now we're uplifting you guys by being like, you are in the driver's <laughs> seat. You can do this. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. I feel like this would be a really great episode to share with your friends. If you're like, you know, 
something in this episode resonated with you or made you think of somebody, like share this episode with your friends. Also like, Mm -hmm. like us. No, what is it? Subscribe to us um, Mm -hmm. on the podcast app that you're listening to this on. That also really helps us out. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review as well. You can also find us on social media. We're at our golden twenties on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and all the places. We also have Spotify playlists. Um, if you're looking for some playlist to set the vibe for, I don't know, literally any mood, we have playlists for everything. <laughs> and then lastly, lastly, we're on Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast. Um, we drop exclusive content there. We have a book club. Um And we also drop the episodes early. So check it out. And that's it for real. We will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye.